Hey guys, welcome back to Abracadaver. This is the case of Tristan Brubar. So this case takes place in Frankfurt, Germany in March 26, 1998. At around 5 p.m., a group of kids were walking through the Lederbach tunnels to their after-school daycare when they made a gruesome discovery. It was the body of 13-year-old Tristan Brubach. Tristan was born on October 3, 1984 at Frankfurt, Germany to parents Iris and Bernard Brubach. In 1998, when Tristan was 10 years old, his mother Iris committed suicide. Iris had a history of drug abuse. Shortly after Tristan's mother's death, his grandmother moved in with them to help take care of him while his father Bernard was at work. Tristan was described as being very sullen at home. He kept to himself, was a calm kid, and loved to play video games on his PlayStation 1. Tristan loved animals and had a pet rabbit that he named Hopplefred. Tristan was known to talk with any pet owner that he saw on the street, and would pet their animals. As a preteen, Tristan began smoking cigarettes. On March 26, 1998, the last day of class before Easter break and the day of Tristan's murder, Tristan's father, Bernard, got up at 4.30 a.m. to go to work. Tristan then got up at 8 a.m. and called his father, asking if he could skip school to go to the doctor's because his back was hurting. Bernard thought Tristan was using this as an excuse to ditch school. Bernard told Tristan no to go to school, and they would talk about it later that day. Tristan began walking to school, and after some time, he spotted his friend Boris, and the two began to smoke cigarettes, missing their first period class. They didn't enter the school until 9 a.m. for their second period. Tristan attended his classes like normal until 15 minutes after lunch. He asked if he could leave early to go to the doctor's. The teacher had asked what happened to his back, and Tristan told her he was climbing a tree the night before and fell but a friend would later say that Tristan hurt his back after the two were throwing rocks at each other. The teacher let Tristan go. A classmate said they saw Tristan leaving the school around 1.30 p.m. He got on a bus and sat in the back seat. Once the bus stopped, Tristan exited and began walking to the Frankfurt Hoist train station. This train station is one of the biggest and busiest in Frankfurt. At 1.46 p.m., Tristan was seen on CCTV footage from a shop in the train station. There was an unknown male standing near him. But because the footage was blurry, a description of the man's face could not be made. It is not known if the man and Tristan ever spoke to each other due to the blurry footage. Between 2.15 and 2.45 p.m., Tristan was seen by two of his classmates after they left school during normal hours. They both said he looked like he was alone. One of the classmates that saw him said that she thought he might be waiting for someone, but she couldn't say for sure. For the next 45 minutes or so, Tristan's whereabouts are unaccounted for. Then at 3.20 p.m., a woman walking her little dog in a nearby park that was only a couple blocks from the train station. She had a conversation with Tristan, who was sitting at a park bench smoking a cigarette. According to this woman, Tristan started talking to her. She said Tristan seemed like a charming and friendly young man. Before the woman left, Tristan had to pet her dog a couple times and told her he loved animals. She walked a little ways before turning around and getting a look at Tristan. She said that the two men were sitting on either side of him on a bench, and they were Quote, probably foreign. This would be the last time that Tristan was seen alive. And now we are back at the beginning of this episode where the three teenage boys found Tristan's body in the tunnel. This tunnel was sometimes used by kids and teens as shortcuts every once in a while. The group ran back and told their teacher about the body of the boy that they had just seen. The teachers, not really believing him, followed them back to the tunnel where they too saw Tristan's body. A phone call to German police was immediately made at 5.08 p.m. Tristan had been beaten and choked into unconsciousness outside of the tunnel. He had lost a shoe during the struggle. 
Tristan was then dragged inside where his throat had been cut from ear to ear, deep enough to reach the spine. Tristan was then stabbed multiple times. The killer then removed Tristan's testicles and cut chunks off his thigh and his upper leg. The killer possibly took these for some sick souvenir since they were never found. His body was then posed like he was sleeping inside the tunnel. Police believe that the killer left the scene to pick up Tristan's shoe and place it on top of his body. It was never determined how long Tristan's body had been inside the tunnel before he was found. Tristan's backpack was also missing. Bernard never recovered from the loss of his son. In three years, Bernard had lost his wife and his only child. The police continued their investigation while Tristan's family mourned and arranged his funeral and memorial service. Police announced that a bloody fingerprint had been found at the scene. This fingerprint was the main piece of evidence that they had in their investigation for months. Police began collecting statements from people that were in the area. Three children around Tristan's age had been interviewed, and they told police that at 3.30 p.m. on the day of Tristan's murder, they were going to a soccer field and decided to take a shortcut through the tunnel. As they approached the tunnel, they saw an odd man bent over an object. They stood there for a minute or two before they decided that it would be better to walk around the tunnel instead of through it. It is believed that these boys unknowingly witnessed Tristan's murder. These children were then asked to describe what the man looked like. The description was then given to a sketch artist. This sketch was then turned into a digital recreation of the killer. A young woman told investigators she was in the area and had seen a man exiting the tunnel around the time the murder occurred. The description she had given of the man matched the three boys' description. The first person to see this unknown man was a little 12-year-old girl. She was walking through the tunnel when he stepped out from behind a bush. And then her description also matched what everyone had been saying. A week after Tristan's murder, a man matching the suspect's description came into the lawyer's office telling the man, quote, I've just been released from prison and I've already screwed up, end quote. The lawyer told him to go to another law firm that takes criminal cases, but the unknown man had never went. The suspect was described as having light skin, long blonde, unkept hair that he had in a braid and wore in a baseball cap. He had light eyes, possibly blue. He was five foot seven inches tall and had a lean, slender figure. He had an unwashed appearance and appeared gaunt and grimy. He also had a scar on his lip, possibly from a cleft lip repair. Police set up a potential profile for their suspect. So he would have been between the ages of 25 and 35 during when he murdered Tristan. He had no close family or friends, possibly having antisocial or asocial personality. Had an attraction slash resentment towards children, and he was also familiar with Tristan. Tristan was buried underneath a tree in a local cemetery. Days after his funeral on April 7th, 1998, a man had called the Frankfurt police station from a payphone in the train station. And so here's the audio of that phone call.
So during this phone call, this man had confessed to killing Tristan, and he told the police that he wanted to turn himself in and that he was at the Frankfurt train station. The police had asked him to describe his appearance, and the man told them he was 5'11 and has long dark hair. Before ending the call, he tells police to arrest him. Sadly, by the time the police reach the train station, they are unable to find or ID the unknown caller. Despite more than 10,000 boys and men between the ages of 15 and 45 submitting their fingerprints, 24,000 witness statements and testimonies collected, even showing the sketch of the suspect to 80 prisoners, Tristan Skiller has never been caught. DNA evidence was recovered at the scene and preserved until DNA advanced enough to get a profile. One year after Tristan's murder in March 1999, Tristan's backpack was found in the woods 16 miles from the tunnel. When police searched the backpack, they found a map of Germany in Czech. This was ruled out as not belonging to Tristan as he did not speak Czech. This new information was then given to the media where a young woman said that at the time of the murder, she had been in the same area of the woods. She said that she saw an odd man standing not far from the backpack had been found. She described him as being mentally unstable and very odd. The man had ranted about being involved with the French Foreign Legion, about losing a herd of sheep recently, and other weird things. He also admitted that he had come to Germany recently, and he once lived in the Czech Republic. Investigators reached out to French authorities about this man, only to find that he was already identified, and he has a solid alibi for that day. Tristan's grandmother went to visit his grave in October of 1999, only to discover that his grave had been vandalized. This unknown person had dug into his grave and placed the dirt on top of the plastic tarp near the grave. This person only dug several feet and had not reached the coffin. Tristan's case has many theories. The first one is the more popular theory among the people of Frankfurt. They theorize that Tristan was involved in drug deals. The second theory is one among Websleuths. They theorize that Tristan might have been a prostitute or a sexual assault victim. The third theory is that Tristan witnessed a crime and he was murdered in retaliation. But all of these theories have no evidence to support them. They are just rumors. An American woman had hinted to police for some time that she believed that a man living in Germany at the time of the murder was the killer. This went on for a while until it was discovered that this man was a woman's ex and she was trying to get back at him. She was eventually fined for lying to police, for filing a false police report, and making a false police statement. Tristan's case was reopened in 2013, and a classmate of his, who is now an adult, made a statement that he remembers a man that looked exactly like the sketch of the suspect. He was known to follow children and scare them. According to Tristan's classmate, this man had followed him for more than one occasion. This man would follow this classmate for several blocks. This man had also terrified the kids at daycare, which is the same daycare that had found Tristan. According to the children, he had been seen in the section of the woods lurking. Around the time of Tristan's murder, this man had asked a group of kids to get him something in town, and he would offer them gifts. Of course, this scraped the kids out, and they ran away and reported him. The tunnel has now been closed off shortly after Tristan's murder. Bernard passed away in December 2014 without seeing his son get justice. Bernard never remarried or had any more children. On May 19, 2016, a suspect in Tristan's murder had been named. The Henson State Office of Criminal Investigations announced that they were looking for a man named Manfred Steele. Manfred died in 2014, and when his daughter was looking through his things in a rented storage facility after his death, she found human remains 
diaries with graphics descriptions and drawings of the people he murdered. Police believe that Manfred killed five women and suspect nine. His victims were prostitutes, people suffering from drug addiction and mental health problems. Manfred was active between the years of 1971 to 2004. Before his death, he was seen as a normal guy. He worked the same job for years, raised a family, and had no criminal record. Manfred was suspected because he lived close to Tristan at the time of his murder, but Tristan never fit Manfred's victim profile. His victims were all women. Manfred was a sexual statist who would stalk and attack his victims at night and tip their genitalia. In his internet search history, he had other interests. He would visit chat rooms that discuss necrophilia and cannibalism. In October of 2017, Manfred Steele was excluded as a suspect. No suspect has ever been charged in Tristan's case. The Frankfurt Prosecution Office offered a 20,000 euro reward for any information on Tristan's murder and the identification of his killer. His case remains unsolved. Thank you so much for giving this case a moment of your time. I'll talk to you guys next time.